Hello, and welcome to Twice Exceptional, teens exploring and living with neurodiversity. I am your host, Kate. I am 16 years old, the middle child of three, and I am gluten-free. More importantly, though, I have ADHD and I am gifted, making me Twice Exceptional. I started this podcast because living with ADHD can be difficult, and I wanted to find a way to reach people and share some information from the perspective of a neurodivergent teenager who also happens to have another neurodivergent sibling. In this podcast, I discuss my experiences living with ADHD, I interview guests who have connections to neurodiversity, and I research different aspects of neurodiversity. Today's episode is going to be a mix of research and my personal life, because I decided it's a time I discuss twice exceptional and what it actually means to be twice exceptional, and with that, I'm going to discuss my experience living as a twice exceptional person. Before I get into that, though, I just wanted to say recently I did a ton of research on ADHD gender bias, so soon expect an episode on that. Also, I've reached out to a few people who have autism, and they said they would also be interested in potentially joining the podcast at some point. So I'm very excited to share that news with you guys. But today, I'm going to define Twice Exceptional, the name of the podcast. You may have some semblance of what Twice Exceptional means just from my introduction, but if you don't know what it is, do not worry about that. So Twice Exceptional essentially means that a person is intellectually gifted, and has one or more learning disabilities. So usually, a twice exceptional child excels in one area of school, but falls behind in another. These so-called learning disabilities are usually just forms of neurodiversity. These forms of neurodiversity often make it more difficult to function in a normal classroom, so that's why they're often interpreted as learning disabilities. Best estimates guess that about 0.5% of children under 18 in the United States are considered twice exceptional. So that's not a very high number, but again, we don't know that much about how many children are diagnosed because it can be difficult to identify them because of the variation in gifts and forms of neurodiversity. So giftedness portrays itself in different ways, so that can make it very difficult to identify in the first place. And second off, with all the different forms of neurodiversity out there, the symptoms from the neurodiversity and the giftedness often don't get along very easily, so in the end, it means that one is more likely to be noticed than the other. And it's very difficult to be diagnosed with both, because a lot of times, if you're diagnosed with neurodiversity first, people don't think you can be gifted, And if you're diagnosed with giftedness first, people don't believe you can have learning disabilities. So, okay, now that you have a basic understanding of this condition, let's discuss kind of some of the problems associated with it, and then I'll get into my personal life. But essentially, twice exceptional children tend to have even more difficulty in school and social situations than children with just one of those conditions. It can be very difficult to identify the condition, like I said earlier, is because neurodiversity is often missed in children, especially girls. The rate for autism is about 4 to 1 for boys to girls, and the rate for ADHD is about 2.3 to 1. This is not because girls don't have the condition, but this is because girls a lot of times with either one of those conditions tend to mask their symptoms, making it a lot more difficult to diagnose them. 
In addition with some of the stereotypes associated with conditions, it makes it very difficult for girls to get identified with the form of neurodiversity. Not only that though, but there's also no standard for diagnosing giftedness. For example, when I was diagnosed with giftedness, I was taken in for a test at a school that was like designed to teach gifted children, and that's how I was diagnosed, but people are diagnosed in different ways. And depending on the age you're diagnosed, you could be diagnosed without actually having it. There's no like particular guideline that you have to meet in order to be diagnosed, though a lot of it is based on IQ levels. Combines though, the giftedness can often mask the struggles the child is having in school because the giftedness allows them to continue to do well in school even when they're actually struggling because like that's just the natural gift they have. Like, for example, for me, I couldn't pay attention in school, but my natural, like, gift in math allowed me to still do well, so it became, like, the nobody's really noticing thing. And usually, undiagnosed neurodiversity creates the perception that a child is lazy. This has happened to me in the past. It's happened to my brother a lot more often, though. And this stereotype actually becomes worse for twice-exceptional children. Because teachers see their full potential through their natural talent in these specific subjects and then assume the child is lazy if they're not doing well in every single other part or they're not focusing well or they're struggling in other situations because they can see the potential based purely on the fact that they're naturally smart. Now, I did say this would also be a personal story. So I am what is considered a twice exceptional child because I am gifted, particularly in math. And I have ADHD, which is a form of neurodiversity, also known as a learning disability. In my story, the giftedness came first. So I was tested for giftedness in kindergarten, primarily because my reading level and my math level were far above average. So starting in second grade, I was able to jump two grades ahead for math. In fifth grade, I took algebra. And in sixth grade, I was in geometry. 7th and 8th grade, I had to do private math lessons with one of my math teachers on campus who was able to teach far beyond our school's curriculum. I don't mean to brag when I say this, but it's just important to understand what I'm talking about. The significance of this is that math just wasn't that difficult for me. I mean, sure, I struggled time to time, like any students, but I was just naturally good at understanding math. I was able to learn new material a lot faster than other students, and that still happens now. The biggest struggle for me was not making small errors like... The biggest struggle for me was how to not make small errors like missing a minus sign, adding numbers wrong, and stuff like that. Perhaps that was a sign that my ADHD existed. When I was 10, or right before I started 5th grade, I was diagnosed with ADHD. I've already mentioned that my brother was diagnosed before me, but today's topic is not the gender issues with ADHD. That's coming up soon, though. The importance at this time was the emphasis on my good grades at the appointment. The doctor was shocked that I was able to maintain A's in school, despite clearly having ADHD because I was diagnosed at this time. But what he didn't understand was that I did not put as much effort as other students did to get those grades. Yes, I did my homework and I turned in projects on time, but I realized I never really had to study as much as my sister to do well on a math test especially. When it came to writing, I always struggled a lot more though. 
I like to think my writing is pretty good now, but I've always tended to be a bit of a short writer, liking to get the point across quickly without adding unnecessary details. So English classes have always been a lot more difficult for me because I tend to struggle with like identifying main points and how to put things in a logical order. I've improved in that, but I hate rereading my writing also, which may be a side effect of the ADHD. Perhaps that's why as I got older, I started reading way less is because when I was younger, I was very interested in the books I was reading. So it was very easy to keep reading. But now if they don't interest me as much, especially a lot of the books I'm reading currently, I'm trying to get back into reading though. But like I said, that's not really the point though. So like I said, living with ADHD and giftedness is difficult for a variety of reasons. First of all, it makes people invalidate the ADHD part of my brain. Because I'm not failing in school, a lot of people think it doesn't matter that I have ADHD. I can't tell you how often people don't even believe I have ADHD when they meet me. I've always shown clear symptoms of ADHD, even from a young age. I get off topic a lot. I have some of the impulsive symptoms. I have a lot of the hyperactive symptoms. I have a hard time staying focused in class. I've always moved around in my chair. Yet still, people don't believe it because of those good grades. But a lot of times, I find that this makes it especially difficult in school because when you're already getting good grades, it's very difficult for like people to actually understand that you also can experience problems and you're not as smart as everyone likes to pretend you are. And like I said, when you do bad, now you have the perception that you're lazy instead of it's like your ADHD taking over. I've gotten a lot better at dealing with this though. Now in school, I've actually told a lot of my teachers I have ADHD. It's made it a lot easier for me to be allowed to move around in the classroom, like I've mentioned in past episodes. It's made it a lot easier in that respect. I tell a lot of my friends I have ADHD because it helps them understand me. But the giftedness thing, I don't bring up as much. Because honestly, once you get older, giftedness tends not to matter as much as it did when you were younger. When I was younger, though, it was always a struggle. Trying to find work that challenged me, trying to do well in school while not wanting to pay attention, and trying to balance everything that I was trying to do at once. It's very difficult as a twice exceptional child, and I honestly feel pretty bad for people, but the best thing people can do is remember that just because a child is good at school does not mean that they're not experiencing their own issues. Also, giftedness tends to leave difficulty with children in social situations, and so that difficulty plus the ADHD difficulty in social situations made it a lot more difficult for me, especially at a young age, to try to connect with other people. But before I wrap up this episode, I would just like to discuss some of the future projects I'm working on. So for episode 12, I'm going to discuss a very important topic you've probably never heard of. Rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria. Sorry. But before I wrap up this episode, I would just like to discuss some of the future projects I've been working on. For episode 12, I'm going to discuss a very important topic you've probably never heard of. Rejection, sensitive, dysphoria, also known as RSD. I'm planning on having my brother do an interview relating to this as well. But in the future, I have some interviews planned, including one with Mike Walker, a two-time Olympic coach for swimming, who is going to talk about ADHD and working with athletes with ADHD. 
Additionally, I have my gender bias thing, which will be coming up. That will also be in a YouTube video format. But if you enjoyed this episode, please consider following the podcast on our TikTok or an Instagram or both at Twice Exceptional Podcast. If you have any questions, please reach out to twiceexceptionalpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you.